regardless of what your view is there, guess what? Defeated. He's in victory. And you're in victory. And we're, and we're talking about a king. We've been talking about the kingdom. I said this when I started on the subject of the king, of the kingdom, that you can't have a kingdom without a king. Doesn't make sense, does it? If I have a kingdom of God, but I don't have a king of God, that would be silly. No king but a kingdom. We have a king. See, see, a lot of people are looking for a coming king. And I'm here to announce to you, we have a king. We have, H-A-V-E, have right now a king. He is my king right now. Amen. And He reigns over death, hell, and the grave. And so when the Lord started dealing with me with this, it started yesterday, and and just began to deal with me, and I don't know what to do except say, okay, Lord, you, you're dealing, so okay, let's, let's have it. I don't know how to do it, but to do that. That's kind of the way I am with God, is when God deals with me, a lot of times I've tried to deal with subjects, I've tried to learn things, I've tried to understand things, and I've not been able to. I've tried hard. I have. I, I've tried to get it. I've tried to comprehend it. I've tried to read it and, and, uh, and pray it up. And it would seem many times in my walk with the Lord that, that despite all my trying, I've read what so-and-so said, read this, read that, studied this, studied that. When work, then God begins. And when the Lord begins to speak in your heart, He'll take you into his book. Notice where I said he'll take you. Into his book. And he'll show you through the Word, by the revealing of Jesus Christ, what he means. Notice real closely what I said. He will show you. Who will? He will. He will. And see, what does it take to come to the place for the He will to show you? Relationship. Brother Bob said it early on. Is we come into relationship. We come into relationship with Him, and then we trust Him. Right? So, so if we trust God, if we, if we have God in our spirit and and we, we know, Apostle Paul wrote, that we know that we are the children of God because His Spirit bears witness with what? Our spirit. Our spirit. So we know we're His because His Spirit is bearing witness with us, inside of us, in our spirit. And Apostle Paul also wrote that if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not His. It's a pretty plain thing, right? My people try to figure that out. That, that's pretty plain. So how we know we're His is His Spirit bears witness with us. So, so and, and I believe there are many children of God, many sons of God, many daughters of God that have God's Spirit in them, but may not be being taught of God's Spirit. May it be taught of things, of, of doctrines, of denominations, and I ain't going to go through all that today, but, but, but what God does, it's like John on the Isle of Patmos. John was separated for the revealing of Christ. So we look, we look at John being in captivity, we go read the story, and, and sometimes we may not think about it, John was separated on the Isle of Patmos, and what happened in that separation was glorious. Sometimes we think we can talk about all the bad things that happened there on the Isle of Patmos and not see the glory that happened there. The glory was John wrote a book called The Revelation of who? Jesus Christ. 
So if it's the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, see a lot of people, and I, I, I'm, I'm kind of copying from Brother Lynn, a lot of people made it a book, book about Godzilla monsters coming out of the sea. But Apostle John wrote the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, so I have to understand that book is a book written revealing Jesus Christ. So when I approach that book, that's, that should be my take on it. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now even when we say things like this, our minds will, because our minds have been caught in things we've been told. Okay? Tell you the truth, because mine has to. I'm not, I'm not exempt from this, right? I'm not in some special place that, that you're not. My mind has been told a lot of things. And I probably carry a lot of baggage in my mind that somebody told me that God didn't say. That's just stuck there in my mind because, well, I was told that when I was this old. And some things I was told were really, really good. Phenomenal. I don't want to forget them. And some things I told probably I need to let go. But I have to be willing to let it go. If I'm not willing to let it go, who may hold me back from moving further in God is me. God ain't going to hold you back. See? See, God wants to move you as far as you'll go. You know that? He wants, he wants you to come, Brother Stanley said it, to His fullness. So, so as much of God as you want, what if, what if God said to you, I'm going to say this, but what if God spoke up to you and said, hey, all of me you want, just come here and get it. Why do you say that? In an audible voice, not, not, not just in a still small voice, just... By the, by the Spirit in your heart, what if you're walking down the road and the Lord just speaks to you and says, Hey, Sheila, all of God you want, you can have. All of it. Just come to me. The only key is come to Him. Notice that. Him. That's the key. I, I was thinking as we were going in the, in the praise service, and we're going to go to Psalms 2, and, and like I said, I don't know how far I'm going to go down, but you may want to look up the word for the coming weeks, Sheol. It's S-H-E-O-L, Sheol, and I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right. But it's used in the Old Testament. It deals with the grave, with death, the underworld. It has a lot of different things. And, and in the coming weeks, I, I believe we're going to get into some of these words, and we're going to look at it, Okay. And because to understand the victory of our King, see, see, we're, we're talking about Jesus being King, right? Amen. To understand the victory of our King, we have to understand what He reigns over. Amen. Right? If I don't understand what He reigns over, I don't understand my King. I, I use this analogy a lot. A lot of people in the United States don't understand the United States government, so they don't they don't understand what they even have. Because they don't understand the government. They don't understand what was done by the founding fathers of the country. And I'm not here to preach to the United States of America, but just using it for an example. They don't understand it. And if I don't understand it, I'm not going to enjoy the fullness of it. Just not. And, and it's very much like that in the Lord. If I don't understand all God has done for me, I'm not going to, under, I'm not going to walk in the fullness of it. <coughs> Just not going to. Not because He doesn't want me to. It's because I don't understand. And God wants us to understand. How many can agree He wants us to understand? He is in fact given us His Spirit that we would know the deep things of God. So if He gave me His Spirit to know the deep things of God, then it's His mind that we know them. Now I have to make it my mind that I pursue them. Amen. Just, just change my mind and say, okay, 
You've given me your spirit to know them, so now I'm going to change my mind and say, yeah, I'm going to pursue them. I'm going to do something about having your mind, Lord. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to pursue you. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pursue you. And I'm going to give myself to you. I was thinking in, 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 in the song service, and you turned to Psalms 2. We read this last week, and we're going to review a little bit of last week. In the song service years ago, the Lord, in my early walk in the Lord, I think He did something precious in my life that I would suggest to every believer. You may think this is basic, and maybe it is, but I'm going to suggest it to you anyway, all right? I didn't know nothing as far as revelation of the Lord, understanding of the Lord, uh, the Word of God. I knew almost nothing except I was born again. It's about all I knew. And God was in my heart. Outside of that, I, I could yap a bunch of things I'd heard, but I didn't know much. But one thing happened in my life was God had really touched it. And in the touching of it, there became a pursuit. And as a young man, when, when the Lord touched my life in my early 20s, I would spend time, I would go shut a door. I was at one time living with, uh, I think, three other guys in a uh, townhouse. And they probably thought I was a lunatic. Because I'd go in there and I'd shut my door. And at times, I'd begin to sing, and you all heard me sing, some of you have, and I'm hideous. I can't sing. But I would sing and praise God and pray and read and worship. I don't know how long. I just closed the door, sat before the Lord, and God would work in me. And I didn't know what He was doing then, but there would be a drawing in me. And, and you know, I had a lot of hang-ups, a lot of problems, a lot of challenges in my life. But nonetheless... In the midst of the hang-ups, the problems, and the challenges, I'd go close that door, and I would get before the Lord, and with all I knew, yeah. I didn't know a whole lot, but with what I knew, I'd pray. I'd set my face to God. Okay. And I would suggest to you, if it starts at 10 minutes a day, if you take ten minutes a day, and you, and you, if you're married, you tell your wife or you tell your husband, "Hey, I'm gonna take ten minutes, just ten minutes. And I'm gonna go lock myself in a room. You don't have to literally do that, but I suggest you to. I'm gonna shut my door, and I'm gonna open my heart, and I'm gonna say, Lord, give it to me. Whatever you want to give to me, give to me that I may bless you, and bless yours." And just begin to seek Him. And take that big Bible that's full of pages and read it. Eat it. In the midst of this time in my life, I read that Bible through from cover to cover, I think seven or eight times. Cover to cover. At one time I could have probably told you, maybe six times, I can't remember, but it was several times. I'd start in Genesis and I'd end in Revelation. I'd start over, I'd go again. I didn't know what I was doing. But through the years, I realized I gave God ground to work with. Not that God had, had required anything, because He has to do the work. But I gave Him ground, I gave Him place to work in my life. See, I have to give Him a place to work. See, He will work. Don't get me wrong. He can show you everything about Himself. He can show you everything about His book, but I have to give Him place. And, and that's what I have to do. You know, you know, really what's required of me is to believe for salvation, but, but, but I have to seek Him, and that's what Jesus said, Seek ye the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and you shall be what? Filled. You shall be. So, so if, I, if I believe that, I should come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm seeking you in your kingdom. You said you fill me with your righteousness, that I don't feel filthy, that I don't feel neglected, that I don't feel desperate. That's what you said. 
I'm going to take you at your word, Lord. I'm going to believe your word in the simplest way I know how and say that you said to seek you and I would be what? Filled. So I'm going to do that. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to believe that you're bigger. I, I, I'll tell you this, uh, and, and I'll try to get on in the Word, but I'm just going to go with the flow of the Spirit here. Uh, I was in a conversation with a guy on Facebook some time ago, and we were in a, in a subject, and he thought I was just a, I guess, a fanatic follower of someone, and I, and I like what someone wrote. I'm not really a fanatic follower of this guy, but I like some of the things he wrote. And this, this young man was writing back and forth to me, and he said something to the effect to me that, that uh, he didn't want his mind to get cluttered by the wrong spirit. And I'm thinking, brother, if God's spirit's in you, something like this, he's bigger and greater and stronger and mightier than any other voice. Any. So if you submit to his spirit, I don't think you have to worry about the other spirit overtaking you. Can the other spirit overtake you? Sure. Sure. I'm not telling you there's not another spirit. I'm not saying there's not other spirits. Sure. But if I submit to the Lord, if I come and I say, Jesus, You are the Lord, I believe You died for my sins. I believe You rose from the dead. I believe You were crucified and buried. And you dwell in me. I believe you have authority in heaven and earth. And I pray your authority over my life. Amen. Yours. So I believe you conquered the devil. Hallelujah. So I believe I can walk in what you've done. Amen. Because I believe I'm your body. So if I'm a member of your body and you conquered the devil, I believe I can tread on serpents just like you said in your Word. Oh, yeah. Glory to God! Oh. What if we told people that? You tread on Walk on He overcome it. He overcome sin, sickness, and disease. He rose from the dead. He never stayed dead. <laughs> and this is where we're getting into the king. And, I, and Psalms 2, I've already been 18 minutes, and I just felt like I've talked to you too. Psalms 2, the Bible says in verse 6, Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. And I want to make a point. It's God's king and it's God's hill. Listen to this. My king, he said my king and my hill. I will tell of the decree. Jehovah said unto me, Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee, ask of me, and I will give thee the nations for thine inheritance. What's he going to give? The nations. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O you kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth, serve Jehovah with fear, or the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish in the way. For His wrath will soon be kindled. Blessed are all they that take refuge in Him. Now when you read this, and I said this last week, this first is dealing with King David. Because David was set as God's king in Israel. If you go back and read the story. David was God's king. Saul was the king of flesh. 
I ain't going to go through all that. You can go back and get last week's CD or, or uh, listen to it. But David became God's king. And the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. And God, but spiritually, this is Christ. Spiritually, this is Jesus. Spiritually, this is dealing not just with Jesus, but it's dealing with Him reigning over the dead. I'm going to show you this in the Scripture in a minute. This is dealing specifically, this day I have begotten thee. It's dealing with him conquering death, hell, and the grave. Flip over to Acts 13. Acts 13. All right, verse 16. We're going to read some verses. And Paul stood up and beckoned him with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, listen, hearken. The God of this people Israel chose their fathers and exalted the people when they sojourned in the land of Egypt and with a high arm led them forth out of it. So God's arm, look at this. Here's God's arm. Now I want you to know something. Did they see a natural arm? Go back and read your Bible. But here's God's arm led them out of Egypt. And for about the time of 40 years as a nursing father, so he was as a nursing father, bare them, Bear he them in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations, he destroyed seven, seven nations of the land of Canaan, Canaan, he gave them their land for an inheritance for about 450 years. And after these things, he gave them judges unto Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul. Like I said, he gave them a king, Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, to whom also he bare witness and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after what? My own heart, who shall do all my will. <laughs> of this man's seed, of David's seed, Hath God, according to promise, according to promise, brought unto Israel a Savior, Jesus? When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John was fulfilling his course, he said, What suppose ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, the shoes of whose feet I am not worthy to unloose. Brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and those among you that fear God, to us is the word of this salvation sent forth. For they that dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew Him not, nor the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning Him. And they... And though they found no cause of death in him, yet asked they a Pilate that he should be slain. So who condemned him? Jerusalem. And they asked Pilate to kill him. And when they fulfilled all these things that were written, so they fulfilled everything that was written, because Jesus came in the volume of the book, did he not? He said, it's written of me. So they fulfilled everything written of him. They took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. Glory to God. And he was seen. He was what? He was seen for many days of them that came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses unto the people. So those apostles were witnesses of his resurrection. And we bring you good tidings of the promise made to the fathers. The fathers of Israel. Notice who he's talking to here. That God hath fulfilled the same unto our children, 
in that He raised up Jesus as it is written, we're at in the second Psalm. What did we start reading? Thou art my Son. This is dealing with the resurrection. This day have I begotten you. It's dealing with being begotten from the dead. He was begotten from the dead. He raised from the dead. And as concerning that He raised Him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He has spoken on this wise, I will give you the whole holy and sure blessings of David. So should we maybe understand the holy and sure blessings of David? He gave them to Jesus. We probably should should get a hold of the of the blessings of David because that's what he said. He gave them to him because he said in, in a, another psalm, Thou wilt not give thy holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had in his own generation served the counsel, God fell asleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, brethren, that through this man is proclaimed unto you the remission of sins. And by him everyone that believeth is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So why are you trying to get justified by the law of Moses? You can't be. Could never be justified by him. By him. Everyone that does what? Believes. Is justified from how much? Everybody read this out loud. Justified, say with me, read this with me, and by Him, everyone that believeth is justified from all things. So what did you do that He didn't justify you from? Nothing. Zero. Nothing. That's pretty good news. I told you that last week. He's going to bring us from sin consciousness to Christ consciousness. From which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore. Beware what? Beware... Lest that come upon you which is spoken to the prophets, behold ye despisers and wonder and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe. They wouldn't believe it. He worked the work in their day. See, see, I, see, see, I hear people talk about God's going to do a short, uh, a work and cut it short. He did that. He cut it short at the cross. Jesus died. That was the work He was doing in their day. And people were preaching God said, they do work in the day. No, no, no. That was the cross. That was the work. Amen. Amen. And people won't believe it. So, so what, what work He did was His death, burial, and resurrection. Yes, sir. And His death, burial, and resurrection released us from all of our sins. Yes, sir. Justified. Because He laid our sins on Him. Yes, David. By God, my God. Every one of us. And if we could get a hold of this, my Lord and my God, we can walk in victory, folks. If we get a hold that God really did lay everything I thought, everything I did, every negative thing I've been, Isaiah 53, oh, yeah. He laid it on Him. Now, see, I, I ain't going to get anywhere. I told you so many weeks before I get that, but I'm going to get that. Lord willing, I'm going to get that. Now flip back to... Uh, Psalms 132, then Isaiah 3, because I want to, want to show you one thing. He said of, of David's seed, he was, we read that he's going to raise one up to sit on David's throne. 132, I believe. 
And then we're going to go to Isaiah 53. Verse 11, we read this last week. I want to show you who this is. By according to your Bible. Notice what I said, according to your Bible. My Bible and your Bible. Our Bibles. 132.11 says, Jehovah hath sworn, who swore? The Lord. The word Lord means Jehovah. So I like the American standard. Because it says Jehovah. I'm that simple-minded. So I like that. Jehovah have sworn, and somebody say, well, you're a Jehovah Witness? Sure, his name's Jesus, honey. That's what I'll tell them. They come and ask me again, they say, you're a Jehovah Witness? Yeah, I am. His name's Jesus. Let me tell you about Jehovah, because his name is Jesus. I know him. And I'll tell you about him. That may be my new answer. Let me tell you. Anyway, Jehovah have sworn unto David, he will not, who will not turn from it? He's not going to turn. I said this last week. When God says He's not going to turn, guess what? He ain't turning. Of the fruit of thy body. Now, this is American Standard Version. Will I. Who? Who's the I? The Lord. Will I set up on thy throne? No, David, I'm going to come right through your seed. And I'm going to sit on your throne. Now get a hold of that. And debate it with him. Just go talk to him. Say, hey, what do you mean here? See, see, because he could swear by no greater, it says in Hebrews, he swore by himself. I saw this some time ago, so I, on a message I preached some time ago, that there in Genesis, when God walked through the sacrifice with Abraham, he walked back through it. He had to do it himself. He walked into it and walked back through it. Because he could swear by no greater. He did it himself. Anyway. If thy children will keep covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children also, not only is he going to sit up on the throne, and this is where I thought I was going to go this week, he says, they're going to sit up on the throne. Jehovah. Not only is he going to rule, so are the children. If we talk about ruling and reigning with him, look at this. He, that's what he promised. He said, if, they, if thy children will keep my covenant, my testimony that I, I shall teach them, who's going to teach him? He is. Their children also shall sit up on thy throne forevermore. For Jehovah hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. How much? What kind of life did Jesus tell you to come to give you? Abundant life. What he says he's going to do in Zion, I'm going to abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Glory to God. Now, I believe that can speak of natural bread, but I'm believing it's the bread of life. He's satisfying the poor in spirit that's there in Matthew 6. With the, what he's dealing with, blessed are the poor in spirit. He's satisfying them with the bread of life. Her priests will I clothe with salvation. Man, you're talking about priesthood. They're not going to put on that linen ephod of, of uh, the high priest. They're going to put on salvation. They're going to minister His work. You're talking about a priesthood. What about you? That's what Peter said to the, to the believers. You're a chosen generation, a raw priest priesthood. He didn't, Peter didn't say, hey, I'm the apostle, I'm the chosen generation. He said, he's right to the believer. He said, you are. Pretty fast not. <laughs> you, you think that's pretty good? Well, they jump up and down. That's pretty good, eh? You are a royal priesthood. You're a priesthood of Him. So if I, if I understand what He's done for me, I can operate as a priest and give people bread and wine. 
I'd come out and give them the bread and wine of God and I can make them full of joy. Because it's in me. It's not in me because I'm anything. It's in me because of what He is and what He's done. But it's in me nonetheless. See, somewhere we're going to have to confess it like that song. I am a child of God. I am a son of God. Somewhere we're going to have to turn our confession like we we say it's all Him. And I'm all for that because without Him I can do nothing. So let me be plain with you. I am, I can go in myself and I can call myself a big zero in myself. Because that's what you get. But I'm in Him. And He's in me. So He's made me more than a conqueror. Because that's what He did. So I need to start declaring to people what He did and what He said of me. Glory to God. So we are more than conquerors. We're like Caleb. We're more than able to possess that land. Why? Because He made made the way. He said it. He did it. He not only said it. He cut out the volume of the book. He did it. So He didn't just say the thing. He come and did it. Because He could speak by no greater. So He spoke by Himself. And He brought you with Him. Glory to God. I, I, I read things like this and I go, and, and I see them by the, by the Spirit and I thank God for that. And I, just, I just want to jump up and down and grab people and say, man, look at this. He's clothing His priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud with joy. Joy. you got joy. Joy like a river. My God, God's people, a lot of times they look like this. You know, I'm kidding around, but they walk around. No, 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 no. You've got joy. Joy. Yeah. That's what Jesus said. My joy give I unto you. You may, you may have total turmoil going on in your home. But his joy can reign over that turmoil. can transform you out of that turmoil turmoil into joy. I believe that. You may think I'm crazy, but I do. I really, really believe that. I'm sold He can do that. Absolutely sold on that. He is more than a... My God! Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. There will I make the horn of David the bud. I have adorned the lamp for my anointed. His enemies will I clothe with shame. But on himself his crown shall flourish. Now, I want to go to Isaiah 53. There's so much I want to go into. I'm going to do two more places at least and stop. I'm trying to, trying to keep around an hour. I was saying I'm going to keep around 45 minutes. But I, I thought I'd talk for two and I looked down and I talked for 18. So... Forgive me. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. I love this first one. Who hath believed our report, our message? That's what we just read in Acts 13. Now do a work in, in your day, and yet you won't believe it. Here's the work He is going to do in their day that they wouldn't believe. He's going to reveal the arm. Remember what brought... We read also in Acts 13 that the arm of the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. 
So in their day, he's going to work. He's going to do a work, and he's going to show you the true arm of the Lord that's going to bring you out of Egypt of your soul and mind. And 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 I and I I know I don't understand all this, but but nonetheless, I believe God's going to show us all this. Okay. And to whom hath the arm of the Lord of Jehovah been revealed? For he grew up. The arm grew up. Now, does that make sense? An arm grew up? In the natural, that would make not, not make a lot of sense, would it? But he speaks of the arm, and he says, For he grew up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. And it, even that dry ground, you could associate with old covenant Israel. Not, not being full of the Spirit. Because that's where I was going today. Part of that was Isaiah 35, was the Spirit coming up on the dry ground. Here you have him growing up in the dry ground. Isaiah 35 talks about water coming in the ground. Anyway, another time, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hid their face, hide their faces, was he despised. We esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne. What did he bear? Our griefs. You got any grief? He took them and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our, say our, our transgression. So he got wounded for me. He was bruised for our iniquities. He took our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. How many went astray? All we went astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and Jehovah hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who did he lay on him? All of us. He was oppressed, yet when he was afflicted, he opened not his mouth. As a lamb that is led to slaughter, and as a sheep that before its shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, whom among them considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people, to whom the stroke was due. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased Jehovah, pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased God to bruise him. That's what it says. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Now he had no natural children. But he's going to see his seed because we're born of his spirit. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The pleasure of the Lord yeah. prospers in His hand. He shall see of the travail of His soul and shall be satisfied by the knowledge of Himself. Shall my righteous servant justify many and He shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, will I divide Him a portion with the great and He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Who's the strong? Let the weak say... I am strong. So he's going to divide it with the strong because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bared the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. How many have ever read that we have his inheritance? You ever read that? So he's dividing the spoil, just like Isaiah says in Romans, I believe it's Romans 8, Paul gets into this. He divides what he spoke, principalities and powers, of death where it is thy sting, of grave, or I may be sending backwards, of grave where it is thy victory, and that's actually out of Habakkuk. He divides that with the strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. We are strengthened with him. Glory to God. Mm. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. 
You, do you hear that? You're strong. He has strengthened you. All your weaknesses, all your fears, all your your problems. He says, I'm greater. Lift up. I, I, I used to hear this a lot from the Lord. He'd say this to me. Lift up your eyes. Lift up now thy eyes. What he's saying to me, look what I've done. Because I want to waller in everything I did. I don't know if you've ever done that. I know you have. Actually, I know you have. I know I'm speaking so much. I want to sit and waller in. But God, look at what I did. He said to me, this is, what, this is a personal work in me. God will do. Lift up your eyes, son. See what I've done. Amen. Believe me. Hallelujah. Believe Him. Yes, sir. Do we believe God? Do we believe in God? When you believe in God, what happened to your heart? You got saved? Anybody get saved? Anybody get filled with the Holy Ghost? What would you have to do? Believe Him. Ask Him. Receive it. Just go here. Here, Lord, give it to me. He delights to give you you His Spirit. He delights to give you He delights to give you His understanding. Believe Him. Ephesians 2. I told you I got one more place. Might have two, but one. Ephesians 2. We read He raised Jesus from the dead, didn't we? We read, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten Thee. We read that? Ephesians 2. And you, who? You. Say me. Me. Say I'm the you, I'm me. And you, did He make alive. King James says quick in verse 1. It says, most of y'all in the King James, I'll, I'll flip over there. And you have He quickened. That means you made alive. Who were dead? Were. Not, not am dead. You were dead. Quickened means made alive. You have He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So you ain't dead anymore in your trespasses and sins. Because He put your trespasses and sins on Jesus. Hear that. We read that. Wherein, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. I walked according to death. I walked according to my trespasses and sin. I walked according to the course of this world which was death, and Adam all died, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So I walked according to the prince of the power of the air. I did. But I'm not anymore. Among whom also we all had. Had means we used to have our conversation. It's time past. We had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of what? Our mind. Right? So we had our own mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others but God. Say but God. But God God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved. So when Jesus was quickened in that tomb, Amen. that was your quickening. Yes, sir. So when, when, the, when that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickened Him, He did that to quicken you. Amen. Why did it? And you have He quickened. Made alive is what that means. But He didn't just quicken you with Christ. He says, by grace you are saved. And I love this because a lot of times we just look at grace as, as His offering for sin. Sure it is. It's part of it. But it's also our salvation from sin. By grace you are saved. 
and hath raised us up together. Raised, did what? Raised us up. Did what? Raised us up together with Him. And made us sit. Where are you sitting? Upon the earth, crying in your trespass. No! Made us sit together with Him. Where's He sit at? The Bible says He sits at the right hand of God. We, we say Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. Paul said you're sitting there with Him. This goes right back to what we read in the psalm that, that He was going to sit in the throne and the children were going to sit in the throne. So He not only delivered Himself from sins, He not only conquered the world, so did you. And you conquered it through Him. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. One more place. I told you. Hebrews 2. We'll have to stop here. I have plenty more places, but we'll have to continue. Hebrews 2. And this is a powerful. Verse, start at 9. But we see Jesus. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that He, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. He did what? He tasted death for every man. So, so we have Christians out here saying, you know, it's, it, you know, quote the scripture, it's point on the man wants to die, and after that the judgment. If you're a Christian, he bore your judgment. He tasted death. So he tasted death for every man. He, he, he even tasted it for those that don't believe. But they're not walking in what he did. That's right. But he tasted it for every man. That's what he said. For it became him for whom are all things. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. For it became him from whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory. To make the captain their salvation perfect through suffering. It goes back to Isaiah. It pleased God to bruise him. It pleased God. For both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. He might do what? Destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death, how many has ever been afraid of death? Honestly in here, can you raise your hand? I have. Say so you have it. I have. But he... See, something really spoke in my heart with, with I believe it's Brother Peter or Brother Paul, or maybe both of them. Peter was talking in one place about putting off this tabernacle. Paul said, there's laid up for me a crown of life. See, Paul, Paul didn't say, one day I'm going to get a crown of life. He said, there is laid up for me. You know, Paul's coming to the end of his physical reign, and he said, there's laid up for me a crown of life. Why? Because Jesus destroyed death. He conquered the enemy. He overcame it. And you that are made alive in Him are alive forevermore. Whether you're in your body or you're without, He is your life. 
Glory to God. See, people all the time wonder where they go when they physically die. They go on and cross. You go on in Him. You're going to continue to abound in the Lord. Why? Because you're in Him. He that is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. So what? do I become unjoined because my body dies? No. I don't become unjoined to the Lord. I can't separate myself from what He did. He did it. He joined me to Himself. For verily, he goes on and says, and deliver them through the fear of death where all their lifetime serves your body. See, I saw this so vividly a couple of years ago that, that men, and I'm doing five more minutes, so 55 minutes on here, I think Dave may have started before me. But I saw this in people. People were afraid of death. I've been afraid of death. I don't want to die. I, I, I won't kid you. I'm not looking, I'm not saying I can't wait to die. I want to know more Jesus is why. I said my, my mind changed from I can't you know I can't wait to 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 make heaven my home. But I want to know more Jesus right now. And if you want, let me live here forever, or I'm okay with that too. I ain't against it. I really ain't. <laughs> okay, because he's my life. I'm enjoying him. I'm enjoying getting to know him. You, you enjoy getting to know the Lord? Amen. Amen. You should. He's in you. That day you'll know I'm in my Father, you're in me, and I am in you. Well, if, I enjoy, if I'm in Him and He's in me, I can enjoy getting to know Him. Amen. So, so, and I'm not telling you you're going to live forever in your body, but I'm, I'm also going to tell you I ain't against it. I really am. <laughs> I love the Lord. I really do. And he's more than able, he's more than victorious to conquer everything because that's what he absolutely did. He rose from the dead. So death no longer has its sting upon me or you. So when you put this body off, death ain't going to get you because he's your life. And that's what we don't fully comprehend. He became my life. My life is not subject to the physical flesh, to my mortality. Notice they call it mortality. It's like sitting here preaching, you're going to physically live forever, so don't misunderstand me. But I also said I'm not against it. But but I'm not telling you that because I call this flesh mortality. So, so he overcome the death in this mortality. Because my soul, my inside part, and I'm stopping, I'm going to turn my computer off, so I won't, but I'm going to talk to you for a minute. He overcome that. My inside, my mind, my heart is wrapped up in this. To the man in the mirror. Now flip on the light. And I look at him like a man used to be a good looking man, but man, you got over. You're old. Uh, 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 looking. <laughs> you ever do that? It's just me. Anyway, you flip on that light, you look in that mirror, and you and the limitation of you stands there looking at you. Yeah. You're lost. Getting older. Hurts, my knees hurt. Walking up last night, I go, man, thinking to myself, my knee hurt. He overcome not hurting me. I don't like pain. I don't like pain. I don't like pain. I don't See, your life isn't bound up in that body. Your life is bound up in Him. That is what we come to rest in. 
See, see, if I know that, if I come to really know that on the inside, then, then, then I, I can really walk in confidence that Christ is my life. How do I know, how do I come to know that relationship, folks? That's why, why I go back on and, and I'm done as far as, uh, this recording.